Welcome all you Plus Two Comedy Modifiers to another episode of the Plus Two Comedy Podcast. I'm your host as always, TV's No Hulahan. And before we get to this fantastic special episode of the Plus Two Comedy Podcast, I gotta tell you about some upcoming shows. We are returning to John Con. That is April 6th through the 8th at Johns Hopkins University's in Baltimore, Maryland. If you need a new Baltimore con now that Otacon is gone, go to John Con. It's super laid back, and uh, we're doing a bunch of stuff. It's super fun. We like to try new stuff out at John Con. It's pay what you will. Check out John Con. If you need more information, uh, Google John Con. It's, it's easier, trust me. Uh, we're also happy to announce that we are returning to Zenkai Con. That's May 4th through the 6th in Lancaster, Pennsylvania at the Lancaster County Convention Center. We will be doing stand-up comedy along with a new episode of Game the Gamer. So be sure to check us out there. For more information, go to ZenkaiCon.com. And now, without any further ado, let me explain what's going on. This is a very special Razzies edition of the Plus Two Comedy Podcast. I am joined unusually by Laura Prince. How you doing, Laura? Hey guys, what's up? Thanks so much for doing the show. So That was so aggressive. Thanks so much for doing the show. I'm well I'm I thank you aggressively. Why? Thanks. Mm. Except my thanks. You're spitting all over me. I mean we just had pizza. So mm. uh, every year I always talk about this on the Plus Two Comedy Podcast that I watch all the Razzie films. Uh, what I don't mention is that I watch them all with Lara and subject her to all these films. And for a while, it's been a huge waste of time. We, we watch them, we are annoyed by them, and then they just live in our, in our memories. Yeah, all, more often than not, we don't make one of them. Yeah, Like we, last year, we never actually got to Gods of Egypt. Yeah, and the year before that, I think we missed Medea. Did we miss it? Did we? Did, we definitely didn't see it. Fair. So, this year we actually did get all five, and uh, instead of, you know, just having that be a thing we did, we thought we'd immortalize that experience and do a little podcast about uh, the five Razzie-nominated films. Additionally, we've been snowed in for two days, and uh, we did not make it to Gamer Vault. Yes, I think Gamer Vault is closed. I'm really glad we did not attempt to have the podcast to schedule the Gamer Vault. I, I called them to tell them that we were not going to make it because of the roads, and I got an answering machine, which has never happened before when I called Gamer's Vault. Nor have they called me back. I mean, they're not really in, like... It, I don't think they would be considered essential personnel. <laughs> as far as, like... When they say avoid unnecessary travel, I'm pretty sure game store personnel is... Do you believe the Plus Two Comedy Podcast is not essential travel? I mean, given that we're recording one right now, no. That's a good point. You you (laughs) raise a a great point here. But let's talk about the Razzies. And what I'd like to do is, I know we watched all of them, we talked about them a little bit. But uh, let's start with our favorite, and we'll work our way down. And we'll see if they they match. Okay, match at all. So, uh, you want to do one, two, three, and say your favorite movie? Sure. All right. Three, two, one. Baywatch. Baywatch. Yes. Uh, I should mention that the five films before we go into our Baywatch talk uh, are Baywatch, Transformers, The Last Night, the Marky Mark and the Sorcerer's yes. Stone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Emoji Movie, 
The Mummy, and Fifty Shades Darker. Yep. So those were the five films we watched. And out of them, Baywatch is clearly the best. It's really not that bad. To the point that I can't believe it was nominated. It actually won a special Razzie. Yeah. For, um, it's movie so bad you kind of, that you really, uh, movie so bad you loved it. And yeah, like it, it's exactly, did you see a trailer for Baywatch Kids? That's what you're getting. Yeah. It says the F word like a bunch more than the trailers do, but like, it's really, it's really a fun, stupid movie. A little bit too much gay panic, but. Uh, there was a touch of gay panic. because There was a lot, like, Zac Efron and The Rock's entire relationship hinges on gay panic. I didn't get that at all. That's oh. not even the gay panic scene I was thinking of. Oh, I was thinking of like, can we spoilies? If if anyone is listening to this <laughs> and thinking they better not spoil the mummy, they they've made a grave error. So, like at the end when like Zac Efron is dying, mm-hmm. like drowning, and he like fantasizes he's kissing the girl whose name we never quite learn. Summer. Oh, when do we learn her name? Her name is Summer. Oh, okay, cool. Good for Summer. <laughs> um, this is going to continue a trend of characters whose names we do not bother to learn. Um, Mitch, CJ. No, I remember Mitch, CJ, and Stephanie, mm-hmm. and and Fat Jughead, and Brody, and Brody. Yeah, Zach Efron. See, like I, I actually learned characters' names, which shows that this is a good <laughs> movie. Because honestly, what's Fat Jughead's name? I didn't, I, don't, I didn't catch his name. So, the thing is, I'm going to call this character Fat Jughead for the entirety of this, because he looks exactly like the guy who plays Jughead in Riverdale, but, like, a little more heavyset. Hence, Fat Jughead. Well, to, I've always said this. A, a clear sign of whether or not a movie is good or not is if you learn their names. Oops. And, like, honestly, with this movie, you'd expect us to say The Rock and Zac Efron. Because they're... Two huge stars. But no, it's Mitch and Brody. I am going to say The Rock and Zac Efron for the benefit of our listeners, mm-hmm. who may or may not have seen Baywatch, Yeah, but know who The Rock and Zac Efron are. Oh, okay, you feel free to do that. So, back to gay panic. Uh, when Zac Efron is dying and he thinks he's making out with Summer, and then it like turns out to be Mitch, and he's like, Wah! and there's like that whole thing where he's like, yeah, yeah, I almost kissed a dude. I don't remember I almost kissed a dude. He didn't say it. He just, it was nonverbal because they were still underwater. Which I thought was really funny. He was just underwater and you couldn't hear him. It was just bubbles coming out going, (laughs) He's still spitting on me, audience. She's lying. Don't listen to her. Uh, But what, what I say about these movies a lot is if a movie does what it's advertised to do, then it's not a bad movie. And this was a fun, like, summer, yeah. dumb... Dumb, R-rated Action comedy, yeah. yeah. Like, I... The plot's, you know, a standard sitcom, we've gotta save the beach from drug lords plot. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really not... It It's never gonna be high Shakespeare, but I don't yeah. think it advertised itself as high Shakespeare. It advertised itself as... Hey, The Rock and Zac Efron are going to do stuff. As Baywatch. <laughs> yeah, it is very much Baywatch. <laughs> There's a lot of good, like, lampshade hanging where, like, uh, they show CJ. And CJ is, like, running. And Summer, whose name I just learned, 
turns to uh, Fat Jughead and says, doesn't it always seem like she's running in slow motion? And Fat Jughead's like, oh, so you see it too. So, like, there's that, like, trope is very much, like, lampshaded and it's funny and it, it knows what it is. And I think that's why it's the best of the five. Yeah, and th- I think the only thing that really hurt it is I don't understand why this movie was R-rated. Because they, they say the F word a lot, but if you remove those, like, we saw a dick and we saw the outline of a dick. Yeah, we saw an obviously fake penis. Yeah. Like, like to the point where I, I think they actually could have kept that for a PG-13 because it's so fake looking. Yeah, it's so ridiculous that, like... Also, if you're a fan of The Office, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's Oscar. Yeah, Oscar's in this. Uh, but, like, I don't see a real reason why it needed to be R. Like, the, none of the action is real bloody. No, there's actually very little blood, very little gore. Um, and I think if... The only thing I would say that it doesn't give in what's advertised is... If I'm walking in to see Baywatch and it's R-rated... You'd think you'd see boobs. Yeah, you Like, don't. I was waiting for all the inappropriate boobs, and there really weren't that many. Like, they ran in slow motion. Yeah, this this movie was actually strikingly good to the female characters. Yeah. Like, after The Rock, the second most competent, possibly the most competent, mm-hmm. is Stephanie. Yeah. The girl with the braids. Like, she's clearly competent, clearly very intelligent, clearly knows what she's doing. And the other two female lifeguards are always presented as very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Neither, None of them are there for eye candy. Like, when they have the tryout, Summer is hardcore. Yeah. And if anything, I think all of the male characters are played for comedy more than the female mm-hmm. characters. I, I agree completely. Uh, With I, the I, exception I, of the three extra girls in the boat. Yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, I mean, they're not meant to be the most fleshed out characters, but... They're, they're supposed to be speaking Spanish, and they speak, like, 7th grade Spanish, yeah. 101 Spanish. And it it's clearly because they want, you know, an American audience to understand them. Mm-hmm. But it sounds... Yeah, adios mio. Like, it's very, like, adios mio! And, like, very telenovela, but, like, American parody of a telenovela. Yeah, yeah. A step above... Uh... Team America, where they just scream no me gusto over and over again. You okay? You okay, kiddo? <laughs> um, I was thinking of the David S. Pumpkin skit. Okay. Ay, Dios mio! And they do the dance. Ay, papi! Like, yeah, is that yeah. very, like, what is happening? But it's a good, like, it's fun. I laughed. I genuinely laughed at things that were intended to be funny in this yeah, film. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And... I think the other thing that may have hurt people's opinion of it is it's nowhere near as good as uh, 21 Jump Street, which is another, like, comedy remake of things. But, I mean, like, I would watch another one. If they made, if they took John Cena and... Um, Archie from Riverdale. That's and the Archie other, like... from Riverdale, and they remade Pacific Blue. <laughs> I would go see that movie. Yeah, I I really, I kind of think they should have made it PG-13. They'd have to maybe cut two shots. They'd have to cut the part with Zac Efron touching Oscar's penis. Yeah. And they'd have to have shot uh, Fat Jughead getting his 
penis stuck in the lawn stuck chair. Stuck in the chair. A little bit more creatively, but you could have kept it. Yeah. You, you, would keep, you would lose a shot, really. Yeah, you would lose, like, two shots and a few uses of the F word. Like, I feel like this is going to be one of those movies that kind of gets vindicated when it's on cable. Yeah, FX will play this all the time. You'll sit down and watch it and have it on in the background, and you'll look up and you'll laugh a few times. Yeah. It's, it's in a year where The Snowman came out. This movie should not be on the, the Razzies. I really... There's a list of films I thought we were going to have to watch that we didn't. Mm-hmm. I actually, before the emo, before the uh, emoji, before the Razzie nominations came out, I had written on my bathroom mirror, uh, Mr. Policeman, I am an emoji, and drawn like a crappy snowman. And uh, no one noticed for like no. a really long time. I never saw it. <laughs> but like it scared me every time I took a shower. Because that's not the mirror I use. That mirrors to the side. I'm bad at stuff. Yeah, so it just it didn't work. But like, I, this is the only movie on this out of the five that I would actually say, nah, give it a chance. Yeah, no, I would. I'd probably watch it again. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was it was fun, and it was. I we were having a conversation uh, off mic about throwback movies and why they're hard to do mm-hmm. because a lot of like. Revenge of the Nerds doesn't hold out because one of the original, uh, one of the nerds, uh, legally rapes a woman. Yeah, he does the bed trick where he wears a Darth Vader mask. Right, and like, those don't hold up. I think Baywatch is the closest you can get to like, a 90s R-rated comedy throwback Mm -hmm. that still works. Like, it was surprisingly... It didn't lean on sexist or racist humor. Yeah, I thought about the movie Old School a lot. I have when never I seen old school. It, but it's the the similar of just like we're gonna get a bunch of funny people, they're gonna do funny things and like the plot's not the most important thing. And I found uh the credit reel to be incredibly relatable. They have a montage of oh, every yeah. time one of the female characters has to adjust her top or like her bottoms and she's complaining. And, like, I guess you could interpret it as fan service. I interpreted it as it being really relatable as this... Because you don't see anything. So it's just yeah. these girls, like, oh, my God, these are so uncomfortable. And I'm yeah. like, this is so relatable. I also like... The, there's one moment where uh, Brody tries to show that he wants to be part of the team by throwing his medal in the ocean. <laughs> and we watched it, and you were like, I don't think that made it into the ocean. And then at the end of the movie, he gets it back. And they're like, how'd you get it? He's like, you didn't throw it in the ocean. You threw it about eight feet. And I was like, oh, wow, they actually, that was actually part of it. Like, yeah, I, I I thought it was a pretty decent movie mm-hmm. as far as these movies go. Yeah, it's it's fine. So so that would be, yeah, that'd be number five on this here list. Yeah, when it's free on HBO or Netflix, it's worth it. Yeah, go ahead. It's The Rock being The Rock. All right. You're welcome. Uh, we're, yeah, we're going to go down now. <laughs> it's going to go worse. All right, so this is the your number four. Okay. All right, ready? So our number two, right? Th- this is, yeah. The second best. The second okay. best. All right. Three, two, one. Fifty, 50 Shades, Shades Darker. Darker. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> this was funny for completely different <laughs> reasons. Fifty Shades Darker. Like... It's, it was it, it was better. Yeah, it's not a good movie. 
Uh, but I was thoroughly entertained from start to finish. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. I think it's funny for reasons different than Baywatch is funny. That's why I made a joke about, like, I laughed at things that were supposed to be funny in Baywatch. I laughed at a lot of things in Fifty Shades Darker, but I'm almost certain none of them were supposed to be funny. Yeah, a lot of the things that happened while we were watching it is something would happen and then we would say, like, the most ridiculous thing to respond to that. And then they would respond the same way. It was like, oh, the, the, <laughs> like it's like we wrote the movie on a whim as a joke. When you remember it's filmed fan fiction, everything makes sense. Like, they'll have a plot twist and then no consequences. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, Christian Grey literally <laughs> crashes his helicopter into a volcano. Yeah. <laughs> No consequences from this. You get the dramatic moment where the family and friends are in his apartment watching the news, <laughs> desperately hoping for news about Christian. And, like, this goes on for about two or three minutes. Yeah, max. Like, And then Christian walks in and is like, why are you guys here? You know, he asks why they're in his house. <laughs> and he's like, well, you got in a helicopter uh, crash. And he's like, yeah, but I'm fine. Like, that same tone of annoyance as when your, like, significant other comes home and, like, your friends are still there. And you're like, oh, man, you were, you were still doing this. Can you get everyone to leave? I want to take my pants off. Like, that's literally mm-hmm. the reaction. Have you ever uh, gone out, gang, and your phone dies and your girlfriend it calls you, like, the whole time but you didn't realize it? So you walk in... And she's, you know, has convinced herself that you're dead and you didn't even realize that she was trying to contact you, contra- contact you. That is that moment. He's like, what? Oh, I had, uh, yeah, it was just a helicopter accident. What? He also talks about taking a shortcut in a helicopter. Yes, what is that? <laughs> it's really stupid. Like, it's really, I loved it though. Like, I thought it was really fun. <laughs> um, well, you know, hot, hot air is will raise you up and move you it's like a hot air balloon the sex continues to be very not sexy like it's shot very like i'm trying to think i feel like they use the top gun silhouette at least once they they try to make it very tasteful but it just means that like it's kind of it's the most boring snm movie uh, imagine Imagine you're, guys, imagine you're on a date with a lady and she is extremely um, lactose intolerant. And then the one time, like, you guys went out and she had, like, a bunch of ice cream and it was just a disaster. Okay? (laughs) All right. Where are you going with this? Fifty Shades Darker is just a guy on a date with a girl who's... Who's constantly going, let me have a little bit of your ice cream. I just want to try it. And him being like, no, last time we did this, it ruined everything. And she's like, yeah, but I've never tried tiramisu. So let me have a little. It, I, I kind of like, Anna had a little bit more agency in this one. In the first one, she was literally just like a rag doll who got passed around in the plot as needed. Um, she's still pretty stupid in this one. Mm-hmm. Like, her boss is, like, clearly mimetically a molester. Yeah. <laughs> and 
He's like a serial molester. His last several assistants have quit. But no, she works late. Alone with him. And that was good just because, like, we actually saw characters make sense. Because we had to watch the first one last year. That's right. why we knew that. That's why we have this as a basic comparison. Uh, and but, we're going to have to watch the third one next oh, year. Oh, I'm sure of it. And looking forward to it after this one. <laughs> because there was that, that <laughs> cliffhanger. The, the, the end of the movie is the boss who tried to molest her just outside the the gray manor with a picture of them burning holes in the eyes with a cigarette. I was like, no. It's... Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> if Baywatch is a movie you watch on FX, hmm. Fifty Shades Darker is a movie you watch on Lifetime. Like, that's... The villains in it were so cartoonish and poorly developed. Like, you know... Jack, her boss, is like, you know, mm. I clearly have to rape my assistant. And when, like, and then after she gets him fired, and then it's like, I must get revenge on Christian Grey. Revenge! Yeah. And, like, Christian's statutory rapist, like, she's his mom's friend who entered a sexual relationship with him when he was still legally a child. Mm -hmm. You know, double standard, rape is okay on men. Um, Awful. But, like, she's very quickly and cartoonishly dispatched as well. Yeah. Like, he literally tells his mommy. Yeah, yeah. And that's how they get rid of her. And his mom slaps her. (laughs) But, like... I liked his mom. Yeah. Like, in the first one... It was a lot of, like, things not making sense. And this one, it's like, okay, they're trying. Because, like, in the first one, Christian Grey is overprotective because he's crazy. And in this one, he's like, yo, I'm pretty sure your boss is a bad person. Look, he is. (laughs) Like, oh, okay, stuff is making sense. Yeah, this one was a little bit uh, more sensical. Anna had a little more agency. Yeah, in in the first one, it's a lot of, like, Christian Grey does something and she is like, your world is strange. In this one, it's a lot of, hey, quit your bullshit. Yeah, like, I... I This movie was a lot easier to take than this previous movie, in that, like, the, the first movie is just so bad, and I've long had issues with this and its parent franchise, Twilight. Yeah. Uh, because I've hated that these are relationships we present as ideal to young women. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, the stalker aspects and like Anna calls Christian out a few times like why do you have my bank account information mm-hmm. yeah which was needed <laughs> and like it's still on the uh, on the spectrum it's still not great but it's better yeah ish yeah uh, it's it's definitely better than the first one and don't watch it though like you know how we said to watch Baywatch don't don't watch if, it if you want to ha- have a laugh. If you, if you want to put on a comedy, put on Baywatch. If you want to have friends over to make fun of a movie, I really think that Fifty Shades of Grey, or Fifty Shades Darker, is the best one of the bunch to do that. Yeah, like, I could definitely see doing this at, like, a bachelor or bachelorette party mm-hmm. and, like, getting drunk and MST3King this movie. Because I, I really think with this one, you can make fun of the plot along with everything else. The other three we're going to talk about, I spent a lot of time going, what is happening? 
Yeah, we're gonna get back into, like, people who I don't know the character names anymore. Yeah, I was like, what is going on in this film? So are we, we ready to move on from the, uh... Uh, yes, and then um, after we, we reveal number three, I'm gonna go get a beverage. Because <laughs> I need a beverage. <laughs> uh, but, alright, so this is our middle one. Alright, middle all right, of the right, road. Middle one, alright. Three, two, one. One, the, the emoji, emoji movie. movie. Oh, oh I right. was really hoping we'd disagree eventually. No, I'm pretty sure we were going to agree the entire time. Uh, yeah, especially knowing what's left. I think we're going to yeah, agree I, I with everything. I think we're going to be locked up here. Uh, so let's talk about the Emoji Movie, which actually won Worst Picture. Which yeah. I think is super wrong. Because I think the other two movies, I think uh, Transformer and the Mummy, are, are head both... and shoulders worse than this film. So, the Emoji Movie is a children's movie, and... That's not an excuse because Disney and Pixar have made beautiful, nuanced children's movies that adults can love and respect. Uh, Pixar, or the Emoji Movie, is not a Disney or Pixar joint. It is a. It's. I mean, this movie must have cost them very little to make because I think product placement and advertising probably covered a lot of that budget. Because there's a lot of, like,. It's about a 14-year-old whose phone is malfunctioning because a meh emoji malfunctions. Yes, yes. T.J. Miller's character. Meh. <laughs> it wasn't his name. He had a name. Did he? But, but he was a meh. So he was a meh emoji. And step one, don't make your protagonist's defining trait that he's supposed to be boring. Yeah. Because, like... It was very hard to uh, grow attached to him. Yeah. Like, I kind of... The biggest problem with the Emoji movie is you can see all the other pieces of films it was not as good as yeah. that it tried to Frankenstein into a new movie. Like, you can't tell me Jailbreak isn't just, you know, wild style with the serial numbers. It... It's the dollar store version of Wild Style from the Lego movie. Yes, 100%. And, like, that being said, it functions as a kid's movie. Yeah, it's not a good kid's movie, but it's mm-hmm. not... It checks all the boxes. Uh, but it's so charmless and... Utterly charmless. And, uh... What, what's the guy from The Late Late Show? Who, James who, Corden. James who, like, Corden. like, he tries. He tries... He is voice acting his ass off in this. But it's still just an awful experience. He's an unlikable version of, like, every Nick Frost character in a Simon Pegg movie. But, like, he doesn't grow or change or really, like, learn. His whole thing is, well, I want to be important. I want to be famous. And he doesn't really ever rebound from that. Yeah. It. It. The frame I, story is kind of cute. Where he, like it's the fourteen-year-old boy trying to get the girl to like him. Like, yeah, I could have seen more of that. Like it's like it's in Inside Out. Yeah, Inside Out, where you know we see the person whose phones it is and how it's affecting him. But there's not enough of it. We get it for maybe like four minutes total. Yeah, and like that story actually. I mean, it's Cute. it's cliched and it's kind of the, you know, awkward teenagers flirting. 
that we sell to like on a PG movie. So obviously nothing like. I also I feel like if this movie came out like a few years ago, where not everybody had the phones yet and. Phones still were known for doing, like, weird, stupid stuff. Like, oh, I don't have service. And yeah. like, if you had, like, relatable stuff like that in there, I think it would have helped it. I was going to say there really isn't much sexting. And there's, like, a really weird, dumb shot where they have, like, the emojis no one uses and the eggplant emojis in there. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. oh my sweet summer child. <laughs> um, that was definitely an adult writing that movie, being like... Like, Why I don't is wanna... there an eggplant emoji? Whoever is feeling eggplant. Dumb. Yeah, like, it's clearly either ignorance or... I could I could see the argument that it is just, like, we're not touching it. We don't want to... We don't yeah. want to even acknowledge it. No. But, like, the frame story works. There's a boat sequence with um, Jailbreak and Meh that's clearly... An awkward takeoff of the lantern scene from Tangled. And I was personally offended because it's one of my favorite scenes yeah. in a... That's one of my favorite scenes in an animated film is the I See the Light sequence from Tangled. Like, I looked up and there's an I See the Light themed decoration in my home. Yeah. Like, I love that really? sequence. <laughs> and I think another thing that really hurt it from our perspective is there's a lot of old jokes in this. Yeah. Not, like, making fun of older people, but, like, jokes that everyone has heard before. And you, you kind of forget that, like, the audience that this is aimed at, you know, they don't know the jokes. Like, one, one, uh, Jimmy Pardo made me realize this. There's a scene in Ninja Turtles where, like, it's a battle scene. And then, out of nowhere, the, they have to get into an elevator. And it's them, like, quietly... Just waiting. And then the doors open the battle continues. That joke has been around forever, but the audience had never seen it before. So it's a lot of old jokes, but like we're talking about the book you buy at a rest stop level of jokes. Like there's that one part where like something happens and an elephant walks by and just goes, I saw that and I never forget. Like, man, you there's had There's no sh- reason for that you joke. You shoehorn an awful joke into this yeah like the world building is actually like kind of interesting mm-hmm. i mean it's knockoff inside out i'm i'm gonna use the phrase knockoff or dollar store version mm-hmm. a lot when we talk about this movie but it's like the world building is like every app is its own little world kind of like the islands and inside out mm-hmm. and it's this very like it could work like, the dance game sequence is actually, like, a little bit fun. Yeah. And, like, until you realize that they're trying to do... They were trying to awkwardly manufacture a dance craze. A hundred percent. Like, there's that dance party ending where they awkwardly try to, like, make an emoji dance. And yeah. it Everybody doesn't do happen. It. Yeah, it's dumb. Uh, I do like that dumb Christina Aguilera song, though. I just want to feel this moment. I did like that. Oh, the, the, the Pitbull Christina Aguilera AHA ripoff. Yeah, and Christina Aguilera is the Dance Central. Just Dance, Dance Central. It's not even a good product placement because I don't know which one it is. Ooh, I think it's Just Dance. Yeah, it's one of those. I think it's Just Dance if I had to guess. 
Yeah, and that like there's a sequence where the kid has Crackle on his cell phone, and I was like, show me a child who owns yeah. Crackle. He's like, I really want to watch some reruns of Jeopardy. <laughs> Crackle, because Netflix didn't pay us. Yeah. Joe Dirt 2. <laughs> but, like, there's a lot of that. I know more about Crackle than the average person should. Yeah, no, I didn't know anything. It, like, if you told me that it was, like, an offshoot of Crunchyroll, I would have thought, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. But they, it's just, it's cobbled together from better movies. Yeah. Like, I've mentioned Inside Out, Lego Movie, and Tangled, for some reason specifically. And it, it has huge aspects of all of those movies. And probably more that I've blocked out. But it also has a ten minute sequence devoted to Candy Crush. And that's not okay. Mm-hmm. It's not okay, gang. Well, what I've been saying is... The Emoji Movie is very successful in that the whole time I was just thinking, I really want to look at my phone. Because it's reminding you about how great your phone is. Uh, and I did play with my phone yeah. for a lot of this film. And uh, two two interesting facts about the Emoji Movie. Uh, because I did my research for this episode. Okay. Uh, one, uh, for the first time in many years, uh, they opened movie theaters in Saudi Arabia. And this is the movie that they showed. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, and like I cannot think of a worse movie to show people who haven't seen movies in decades. Like, if you haven't seen movies in decades, you probably don't have a cell phone. And you're not playing Candy Crush. I, I did, um, this was also, oh, do you have another fun fact? I do, but go ahead, you go first. Because I was going to say my fun fact is that it made Jordan Peele quit acting. Oh yeah, go, explain this. Okay, also, T.J. Miller's character is Jean, which I, Jean. I looked up because it was just bothering me. Um, so Jordan Peele was offered the poop emoji role, and he was like, I'm going to sleep on this and think about it. And he thought it was really stupid, he thought the script was bad, but he called his agent the next day and said, like, so how much are they going to pay me? And his agent was like, nah, uh, Patrick Stewart already took the part. And then Jordan Peele was like, you know what? I'm not going to act anymore. <laughs> and, like, that was the end of Jordan Peele in acting. And could you imagine if he had taken the role and won an Academy Award for oh Get God. Out in the same year that he was a supporting player in the worst film of the year? Oh, man. That hasn't happened since Sandra Bullock. Uh, Sandra Bullock did specifically win herself for both of those films. Yes. This at least wouldn't be Jordan Peele winning specifically. True, true. But, uh, excuse me. I don't think we've ever had someone for screenplay. I don't know. He's not like he wrote the Emoji <laughs> movie. Um, in any case, my uh, my other fun fact is I'm a big fan of Matt Pat. And Matt Pat did a film theory about the Emoji movie and how it's actually illegal because of the product placement in it. Oh, you're right, because that's... It never specifies that it's an ad. And it goes through this all this whole thing about how all these rules that this movie breaks. But at the end, the like reveal is, but they can do all those things because it's a movie. These are guidelines YouTubers have to abide by. YouTube television. I know a lot of these were introduced as a result of the... Uh, now, now that you're saying this, this makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Because in the 1980s... Uh, a lot of the TV shows were what's called toyetic, 
Right, which right. were, you know, My Little Pony, G.I. Joe, He-Man. Transformers, He-Man. These movies that were designed specifically to sell toys. And there's become all these, um, all these rules to that. All these rules with fat. I know it's been news. I don't know if you heard this. Uh, Disney's now bringing back Happy Meal toys. They remade a deal with Disney, uh, with McDonald's. I did not know this. But McDonald's has had to lower the calorie count of Happy Meals to make this happen. And I haven't read what they're doing. I'm sure it's just they're giving you, like, an even smaller amount of fries and one no, less chicken McNugget. You can get apple slices instead of fries. The last few times I've gotten a Happy Meal, they've thrown in both. Yeah. And, like, I get a Happy Meal, a like, I... I get a Happy Meal a surprising amount of the time I get food there because I only really go there, like, at rest stops and I'm not starving because I've been snacking in the car, but I should eat a meal. <laughs> and I can't think of anything worse than apple slices that have been heated up by French fry heat from being in the bag. I know this is a personal, like, yeah. hard topic for you and to talk it, about. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube... On this YouTube channel, you can actually see me eat a blended Happy Meal. How are they going to watch this on YouTube? I'm uploading this on YouTube. Where's the camera? Oh, it's just, it's going to be a slideshow. Oh, okay. I was like, um... yeah, I'm using the cameras that are installed in the house. Why don't you? <laughs> this is getting into Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> it's Truman Show. I, I just assumed Christian Grey would have cameras in her house. Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. But yeah, like, the movie is just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a 90-minute advertisement for smartphones. It's just not... It's not good. Like, no. it's not... I don't think it was the worst of the five. Because I could see where, like, a little kid might have enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Like, if you're looking at it... We're looking at it... at. Through 30-year-old cynical, mm-hmm. we kind of see how the sausage was made. But if you're six or seven and you're not really, like, thinking about it the same way, I could see where this wouldn't be that bad. It's right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's definitely not good. Uh, yeah, so that would be that one. So that brings us to the runner-up for worst picture in our eyes. And I'm pretty sure we're going to match here, too. Yep. Three. Two, one. The, the mummy. mummy. The mummy. Not the Brendan Fraser mummy. So we every time I've specifically complained about the mummy, the reaction has been outrage. Because people think I'm talking about the Brendan Fraser cult classic. We're not. Like, the Brendan Fraser movie is really fun. It's fun. It's a modern yeah. classic. It's fun. It, yeah, it, it is what it is. It's fine. But this movie... Is... So... Uh, I, it's hard to explain what happens. <laughs> well, so the, where it goes wrong, the first thing is a lot of, we're seeing this a lot right now of Marvel has had unprecedented success creating a cinematic universe. And so you're having a lot, and obviously with every success, you're going to get imitators. But the problem is, think about it. Iron Man came out in 2008. They made four years of movies before they made Avengers. Mm-hmm. And those four years did well. Like, they made money and did well. But they weren't making Avengers money. No. And you're getting a lot of these imitators who are trying to jump right to making the Avengers without making mm-hmm. the other movies. I, I think that's where DC misstepped. By the way, 
shocked that we did not have to watch the Justice League. Yeah, I still have not seen it. I really thought we were going to have to go see the Justice League. We almost saw a movie in theaters because we knew we were going to have to see this. But, like, this would have been a very different segment because we would have been less cynical and way more like, I don't remember that. It was six months ago and I was wasted. In a year where Justice League and the Snowman came out, Baywatch does not belong on this list. No. Hashtag justice for Baywatch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there. when you first watch The Mummy, the very, very first thing you see is a title card depicting the Dark Universe. Mm-hmm. So, do you remember at the end of Iron Man when Sam, and Jackson. Sam Jackson comes out after the credits and... At the time, not everybody in the theater did this because nobody knew yet, but the quarter of the theater that stuck around all voided their bowels simultaneously. Yeah. Have I told you about the, uh, I'd like to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. And everybody, oh! ah! Yeah. I just watched yeah, the, the, spike. the audacity spike when mm-hmm. I did that, sorry. Um, uh, that actually won't be that loud, it's fine. Uh, but the... Uh, but the fact that like, oh, we're getting more of these, yeah. oh my god! I got to... When I saw Avengers, the people in front of me were leaving, and I said to them, I feel like you shouldn't leave. And, and like, I didn't know anything. I just said that to them. And they left, and while when we got out of the theater, they were coming out of the bathroom, and I yelled at them. I was like, <laughs> you miss Sammy Jackson! Oh, so when you saw Iron Man, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Because uh, I know when we saw Black Panther... Because Black Panther has been really notable because since it doesn't, um, I'm going to talk about a good movie for now, because um, <laughs> the mummy is terrible. But with Black Panther, it doesn't get too bogged down in setting up 16 other Marvel movies. Like, it low-key sets up Infinity War, mm-hmm. but it doesn't spend, like, entire scenes that have nothing to do with the plot. Yeah. And I think that's very good, and it's helped new audiences come in who might feel the continuity lockout mm-hmm. of the of existing Marvel movies. So when the credits started rolling for Black Panther, you'd get about half the student, half the students, half the audience. <laughs> half the studio audience. we just got schooled. Um, <laughs> but half the audience uh, sitting in their seats, like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And half the audience trying to get up and everyone going, don't, no, 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 no don't no, leave. Friends. Don't leave. Stuff's going to happen. <laughs> Shuri's gonna do more cool stuff. Yeah, there's gonna be things. Also, I love Shuri. Sorry. All right, so back to a bad movie. Yes, so, The Mummy. Talking about that universe building, they try to immediately jump in. Dark universe. Mm-hmm. And so we already know that there's gonna be a crappy sequel hook that, like... And it gives too many people plot armor. Well, see, what bugged me was we open... The movie opens on uh, not Tom Cruise... But on Russell Crowe as Jekyll. Dr. Jekyll. Like, finding some other tomb and doing something. And it's just like... And as, as an English teacher, the movie <laughs> super takes for granted that teenagers and kids these days... as He said the old man, Houlihan. Kids <laughs> these days don't know the Jekyll and Hyde twist. And I know that's mind-boggling because it's a it's a TV trope, right? But like, I've had many students that I taught this book to 
who like super got into it and were like, I'm going to figure out this mystery. I don't trust this Mr. Hyde guy. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm about to blow your mind. And it oh. does. It blows your mind if you don't know the twist. I, but, I really think Dr. Jekyll is a thing they um, colloquially blew their load on too early. Uh, on multiple levels. I think I think they should have gone with like calling him the professor. And then made it a reveal? I think the fact that he was Jekyll absolutely should have been a reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... Uh, I you, Oh, Tom Cruise's character was Nick. Okay. His mm. name was Nick. Yes. Um, he is desperately trying to look and sound like Nathan Drake. And I... Like, this is a little... Uh, I mean, I think Tom Cruise may have been too old to play this part. Yeah. I think this needed to be... Like, isn't there still another Hemsworth running around? <laughs> it It literally is what a bunch of old dudes would do to try to create an Avengers. Yeah. It's just like, okay, what are some characters that are super, like, notable that everyone knows? Uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, uh, Frankenstein. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, the Invisible Man was supposed to be in it. And, like, all this other stuff. It's like, oh, and they're all public domain. Awesome. Like, I'm surprised the Caterpillar wasn't in it. Uh, (laughs) And he's like, all right, yeah, we'll just get all these public domain things that everybody knows. Cool. Who are some bankable stars? Oh, well, Tom Cruise, of course. We'll get Mel Gibson to play the Invisible Man. <laughs> we'll get Johnny Depp in here. We'll get Russell Johnny Depp Crow. is playing. Johnny Depp was supposed to play the Invisible Man. Are you freaking kidding me? No, no, because I'm I'm as much disbelief as you are that people keep casting Johnny Depp. I'm part of the Harry Potter fandom, and it's been like eating itself. Yeah, because like, of his casting as Grindelwald. It it. Those are all the people that were bankable stars 20 years, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, they've had, I mean, Tom Cruise has had continued success with the Joaquin Mission Impossible Phoenix. movies. But was Joaquin Phoenix one of them? Yeah, it was just a random, like, that was the first person I could think of. Who else would be a bankable star 15 years ago? There's, like, a crappy photoshopped picture of, I, I just, uh, Freudian slipped in trying to make trying to search this and i searched dark phoenix because I, <laughs> I thought of a universe i wanted to see more yeah. um all right let's uh, thank you research department yeah i'm, I'm still the research department it's still me oh, okay i was thinking of javier bardem mm-hmm. who 15 years ago was fresh off no country for old men oh my god um yeah and then the only woman they have in this cast picture is the woman who played the mummy um yes who, spoilies, has died at the end of it. And has, like, irrevocably died, died. Yes, yes. Uh, so, I'm gonna try my best, gang, to explain the plot to you right now. Uh, Good luck. So, Tom Cruise and his friend, who is, like, he's a notable that-guy comedy actor. Like, I'm pretty sure he was in Ocean's Eleven as one of the dudes... Yeah, he kind of feels like if they like Steve Coogan kind of role. Yeah, a poor man, Steve Rockwell. Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. <laughs> yeah, Sam Rockwell asks for money now. No, yeah, he's got that like I, I don't want to keep like slandering poor Nick Frost, but these kind of feel like roles that he would have been uh, asked to play. Yeah, if Simon Pegg were the lead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Like that is kind of like. 
a bumbling friend. Uh, so he. I'm sorry, Nick Frost. He's in the he's in the army, but they're not doing army stuff. They're stealing. They're doing stuff thief and stuff. They're thieves, and uh, they find this one city, and they're like, ah, let's go down there. And then shenanig like very uncharted esque shenanigans happens, and they fall into like a tomb. And it's not a tomb. It's a prison. Yeah, and I was going to get to that because he, <laughs> he, the girl he slept with off camera shows up. Yeah, his like awkward one night stand who he stole the map from. So like, yeah, he, you know, likable hero who is already, you know, slept with a woman for a treasure map stolen from her and just been a complete an utter tool bag. So clearly she falls in love with him by the end of the movie. Um as good as surprisingly Baywatch was to the, to women, this movie was terrible to women. And the sentences: "This isn't a tomb. This is a prison." And I'm not leaving until we open this. Are said way too close to each other. It's like, well, you just said it was a prison. There are plot holes you could drive a truck through. <laughs> uh, Jenny, which is the girl's name, because like mm. generic. Um, Jenny for generic. Yes. She, uh, speaks ancient Egyptian. And for those of you playing at home, uh, no one can pronounce ancient Egyptian. We were not able to translate ancient Egyptian until the Rosetta Stone, which did not have an audiobook. Yes, correct. So, like, she's speaking a language that has been unspeakable for 2,000 years. Um, <laughs> in, you know, Henry Jekyll's House of Ha-Ha's. Yes, which, which I'm getting to. It's so bad. But it's very important that we bring this part up. <laughs> uh, they get on a plane to, because we have to get the mummy somewhere. And, like... London. You have to go to London because it's, you know, yeah. something we found in the Middle East. So clearly we have to take it to white people land to study it. Because, yes. you know, clearly out there in the Middle East, we don't have science in your fancy book learning. Like, ugh. So, Colonialism. Tom Cruise's friend gets hypnotized by the mummy. Like you do. Like you do. And just stabs, like, the colonel and is about to kill Tom Cruise. Like, is coming after Tom Cruise and he's like, Benny. Benny's the name of the, the wacky character in the Good Mummy movie. I'm guessing it's Benny. <laughs> He's like, Benny, come on. You know me. You know me. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't get it. And then he shoots him, like, twice and goes, huh, how about that? He shoots He's like, you shot and killed your best friend. Um, you, you complained about this with uh, the Cloverfield movie, about how Chris O'Dowd <laughs> goes, huh. Oh, isn't that a bother? Like, he stone-cold murders his best friend, and it, it'd be like if Harry shot Ron, and then was like, ah, oh, well, guess I can still date his sister. Like, <laughs> if, if, if Harry, if Ron was under the Imperius curse. Yeah. And then Harry killed him and then moved on with his life. And just, like, lived happily ever after, like, replacing him among the family. So then he sees, like, this friend in the mirror and stuff. He's like, you're cursed. Like, the mummy's chosen you. Uh, You're going to become the god of death? And, uh... Not today. Game of Thrones joke. The the mummy gets Tom Cruise and is about to kill him, but realizes she needs a special knife to turn him into the god of death. Yeah, there's, like, a ceremonial dagger given to her by... An Egyptian deity, probably the wrong Egyptian deity. Um, 
I Ra. No, it's not Ra. Ra's the sun god. Um, I think they actually did act, keep poor Anubis out of it. Usually, they like throw Anubis under the bus mm-hmm. with all these things, and uh, Anubis didn't do it. Hashtag justice for Anubis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, Osiris. That's just the other Greek god you can or Egyptian god you can name. I know that they usually throw him in there too. Yeah, see, this is what Something happens. About an eye. We didn't see gods of Egypt. So <laughs> yeah, so we didn't so see behind the eight ball. The only other one I can like name off the top of my head is Bastet, the cat goddess, but mm-hmm. people usually leave her out of it too. Mm-hmm. So oh, this movie's so bad. Yeah. So th- they're they're searching for the knife, which is just kind of like, well, why are we even bothering with finding the knife? Yeah. Uh, so then they capture the mummy and, like, lock her up. And Dr. Doctor Jekyll captures the mummy and locks her up. And they're like, yes, I collect wonders. It's what I do. And then, like, he kind of starts to turn and then he stabs himself with some medicine. And he's like, ah, I'm fine now. So let's go talk to this mummy. So they, like, talk to the mummy for a little bit. They're, like, torturing. They run tests on her. They're torturing her to death. Like, they're filling her body with mercury. With mercury, right. Yeah, like, they're doing, like, a weird torture death instead of just, you know, cutting off her head. No, I think they were keeping her alive so they could study her or some crap. Yeah, just something dumb. But Um, if you thought Russell Crowe was bad in Les Miserables, boy, howdy, do I have a film for you. I remember when he was named the least bankable star. Like, for how much it costs to put him in a movie versus how much that movie will bring in. Russell Crowe is the worst investment in Hollywood. Or at least was one year. I don't know who it is currently. They change it every year. Yeah. But, uh, Russell Crowe and Tom Cruise are having a conversation. And, uh... He's like, so what are we going to do? You know, I'm cursed and, uh, you know, I can't be cursed. We got to figure out how we're going to do this. He's like, well, this is what I'm thinking. We're going to find this knife. We're going to give it to the mummy. And then we're going to let her stab you. And we're going to see what happens. (laughs) And Tom Cruise goes, that's the plan? We need a better plan. He's like, nah, I think that's fine. Yeah, no, you're expendable. So he steals... Dr. Jekyll's medicine and is like, we need a better plan. And everyone's like, whoa, you should give that back to Jekyll. And he's like, no, not until we have a better plan. But nobody physically tries to get it back from him. He's just like, no, nah, I have it. Yeah, it's, and like Tom Cruise is not a tall man. Like somebody else in there. Exactly. Someone else in there could have gotten it. So then Jekyll turns to hide and nothing changes about him. They put, oh. put in contact lenses. Uh, and he got more mumbling. <laughs> yeah, he puts in contact lenses, and there's some very slight CGIing on his face that's yes. not great. Uh, and then they fight. They, someone gets hit with a book that we spend too much time looking at. It's like, ooh, that's going to be the book in the next thing. Yeah, they definitely try too hard. Uh, then the mummy escapes by hypnotizing more people. They, they end up running away. She raises a army of mummies from somewhere. Yeah, it's it's all of her, like, servants or something. Yes. Or everyone she's ever killed. I don't know. In the end, because we're spending too much time on this. Oh. Uh, Tom Cruise's generic Jenny girlfriend dies. Gets killed by the mummy, who's the ultimate, like, jealous girlfriend move. Yeah. And Tom Cruise... Gets the knife 
and just stabs himself because he thinks, as the god of death, I can bring her back to life. So that means the entire movie is pointless. We end, the end of the movie is the thing he's trying to prevent the whole time, and then he does it to himself. Yeah, and then, like, he does kill her. He then kills the mummy, brings his girlfriend back to life, brings his best friend back to life, and then they just go on adventures in the desert. Yeah, it becomes the very, the adventure continues, and they're clearly, you know, they want to set up that he's still out there and he's still alive, because the, I guess the twist is like, oh, the uh, Princess Aminet isn't the mummy. Tom Cruise is the mummy in the Mm -hmm. dark universe. And I'm like, I don't care. But, like, by the end of this film, nothing has changed. No. Other than the fact that Tom Cruise is an immortal something. Yeah, and, like, his powers are not gone in too well. Like, we don't really know. And I guess maybe we're not really supposed to know because then they can give him whatever powers they want in the next movie. I this is the equivalent that if I went on a huge adventure, died was resurrected, came back with the superpowers, and then continued to do the Plus Two Comedy Podcast. That would actually be a better film. <laughs> actually, that's the end of Shaun of the Dead. Like, that's essentially how Shaun... Apologies to Nick Frost. No, that's not I the... have slandered you. That's not the end of Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, he has character growth. Yeah, true. But they're still playing video games in the garage. Yeah, but he, re- he learns how to balance the things. <laughs> He's All not right. as selfish. He takes two sugars in his tea! We have to talk about Transformers. (laughs) Here's the problem, Marky Mark and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, I know that you've waited an entire hour to hear our thoughts on the worst movie we saw this year. Guys, I don't know what happens. I can't tell you what happens in this movie! (laughs) Something something King Arthur. Something something Bumblebee. Something something... Cybertron is dying, something, something, witch monster? Let's, let's try to go through it. No. Let's, let's do our <laughs> best. No. first off, this movie is two hours and 45 minutes long. Oh my god, is that how long? I. It was so long. There was a point while we were watching, like, one of the battle sequences that I no longer remembered a time before I was watching this <laughs> film. Oh, it was so bad. Because... We open on ancient England. Like medieval, like King Arthur England. And and a drunk Merlin's like, Robots! Sup, robots! I I need you to fight with us. Just do it. And none of them transform into catapults, which is all I wanted. Yeah, I wanted a trebuchet. Yes! (laughs) Trebuchet. But like, they also, correct me if I'm wrong, he uses a bunch of like current slang. (laughs) <laughs> yes! Like... Because he's drunk, Merlin. It was... Dudes! <laughs> yeah, like, it was the Michael Bayest Michael Bay thing I'd ever... It was it was a parody of Michael Bay. <laughs> like, it was Michael Bay from the epic rap battles of history. I, I read a Michael Bay Batman script once. Oh my god. And it's like... It's Batman putting, With guns. On, putting on his suit to back in black <laughs> and like going to fight crime, but the Batmobile breaks down and a sexy woman comes out and like fixes it because she's good with cars and sexy. Well, there's Selena Kyle, I guess. And it's like I had that script in my brain as I watched that opening where I was just like, fucking stuff is happening. Yeah, so the, like something something Knights of the Round Table, something something Autobots. Yeah. Uh, Present day. 
Then, then it's present day. We get a montage about how like giant robots are now outlaws. Yeah, we the the previous five, four or five. This is the fifth Transformers right. movie. Well, the previous I've movies only happened. I've seen the fourth one before this, and I was positive that I had to have missed a movie in between those two because nothing made sense. So, they there's also like a really fun sequence where like some of the Autobots have taken refuge, like political asylum in Cuba. So it's like Spring Break Cybertron, mm-hmm. and like that's kind of fun, but like not fun enough, and we're there for too long. And we don't, going back to the character names, I don't remember anyone's name except for certain Autobots, Bumble Megatron, <laughs> and the little girl. So, backstory. When I saw the first trailer for this, it focused very heavily on this young orphan who, like, Marky Mark kind of takes under his wing and, like, she's really handy and she is like a little robot friend And I thought the movie was going to talk way more about this, like, scrappy kid who's, like, now a war orphan in the giant robot war. And she had a lot of agency and she had a lot of interesting character traits. And uh, she's in, like, ten minutes of the movie. Mm -hmm. She's clearly... They've written out Marky Mark's daughter. Yes. And she's clearly there to be a morality pet and, like, there to kind of, like, chain him to having a real, like, put-down-roots kind of thing. What? Have I ever told you what happens in the other movie? No. Okay. <laughs> I didn't watch the other movie. So in the I didn't other movie, it is, it is the worst scene I've ever seen in a movie. Uh... His daughter, who is 16, uh, boy. introduces Marky Mark after escaping robots to her 18-year-old uh, boyfriend. No. And Marky Mark is like, yo, you can't do this. This is illegal. And he's like, no, uh, we're protected under the Romeo and Juliet laws of consent because there was a time where I was 17 and she was 16 and that's when we fell in love. And then he pulls the law <laughs> out of his wallet and hands it to Marky Mark. It's like, <laughs> I don't trust a dude that's walking around with that in his pocket. I that feels like the uh, the PC Bros. Yeah, in bro. South Park. No, bro, it's cool. We just signed this consent form. <laughs> um, sure. That's they wrote out his daughter, and she only appears in like a couple of voiceovers. And that was another issue I had with this movie is they had like some emotional arc set up for the characters. And in a two hour and 45 minute movie, they couldn't find two or three minutes to like satisfy the end of the emotional arc. Yeah. All it needed, like in the end, he ends up with this random lady scientist who don't get me started. Um, Oh, we're going there. I know this is already over an hour, but he ends up with this random lady scientist and like has taken in the little girl who, by the way, just appears at the climax of the movie. Like she's still in the southwestern United States, as far as we know. And then, poof, England. No, poof, Stonehenge. Actually, well, let's let's. I'm let's getting ahead backtrack. of us. Backtrack. Let's backtrack a bit. Okay, so after we leave medieval England, we meet a bunch of kids who go into a restricted area because there might be robots there. Yeah, it's. And 
we never learn their names, and we never see them again after these scenes. Yeah, so, except for Isabel, who's like their ringleader. So, like, they break in, then Isabel, this girl, the little girl, saves them from a robot. And it's important to note that, like, we're at least 20, 25 minutes into the film at this point, And, uh, he's, like... We're 25 minutes into the film, and this is the first time we see, like, a semi-main character. Right. Like, we have not seen Marky Mark yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have not seen Anthony Hopkins, who, by the way, is a main character. So, they save the... Then Marky Mark shows up. Then, like, the the weird anti-robot FBI show up. And there's, like, a standoff. And then it gets shut down. And yeah, then... the nacho fries guy. The, yeah, the, the guy from the nacho fries commercial... <laughs> Who's the leader of the anti-robot FBI? This is all true. Uh, Trust me, we could write a better movie. Marky Mark saves these kids, and one of the most insane lines of dialogue happens, where he's leading these kids under the fence so they can go back home, I guess. And the one kid looks at Marky Mark and goes, Hey, you know that there's, like, a reward if I turned you in? And Marky Mark goes, Hey, have you ever been punched in the face, like, really, really hard? Yeah, so Marky Mark. What the hell is happening? His establishing character moment in this movie is threatening to punch a little kid. (laughs) Also, going back to how we were discussing the most and least bankable actors. Oh, oh, yes. um, Marky Mark topped the list for 2017, probably because of this movie. So I I thought that was a good good callback to that. Uh, I, I, I appreciate how much of the plots of these movies that you've retained. Considering I thought some of these movies didn't have one. Well, like, like I remember scenes. Because, like, we go back to the junkyard. Uh, Marky Mark has, like, an unpaid intern that he got off of Craigslist. It, he's trying to be in the new T.J. Miller of the movie. It's terrible. Uh, and they, they're trying to get Bumblebee a voice box because he can't speak. He can only repeat movie lines that I'm guessing he's getting off Wi-Fi. Because at one point he says, Doc, come in, Doc. And I screamed, how dare you bring Back to the Future into this film? I actually kind of didn't hate that. Like, it fits with... No, no, no. (laughs) How dare you? I I didn't hate that he was bringing up movie quotes, because Bumblebee's never really been able to talk. And, like, it's a fun way to find something besides... Okay, then I I propose this to you. Bumblebee reunites with uh, Optimus Prime. They, They share a hug... And his response is, at last I've seen the light. How do you feel about that? Does he sing it? Yes. <laughs> I laugh real hard, because it's real mm, stupid. Really? You, you don't care that Tangle's in... You were upset Tangled was in the Emoji movie. Yeah, because it didn't have, like, it didn't have a good reason to be... I See, I just think... I, I get it because it's a movie you really liked, mm-hmm. but I feel like the quotes didn't bother me. I thought there was a movie I was like, oh, it's that movie. Maybe it was like a Princess Bride mm. reference, and it really didn't bother me. Uh, it made me grumpy. Really, on the list of grievances I have with this film, that's mm-hmm. like not registering. So, so from this point on, I don't know what happens. I, I don't understand what Anthony Hopkins is doing. I, are they looking for a scepter or something? Oh, God, yeah, they're looking for the weapon for the last night, because that you can't have a franchise without a chosen one. And meanwhile, Optimus Prime goes back to Cybertron 
to get brainwashed. Yeah, like he's brainwashed by this scary female robot whose name I did not no. know. She was barely in the movie for the main villain. Yeah, like she's clearly supposed to be the bigger bad and she's clearly the main villain of the sixth one. Uh, sixth one has been canceled. She was gonna be the main <laughs> villain of the sixth one. I know that they're they are doing a Bumblebee spin-off movie. All right. Which I don't understand because this was basically a Bumblebee movie. And then they are rebooting the first No, this mo- this movie didn't have a protagonist. I think one no, of the big right. issues with this movie is there was not a main character. We didn't follow anyone through a complete and satisfying emotional arc. At all. I I literally can't name a single thing that happens in between Bumblebee's voice box and uh, Marky Mark and that girl on a submarine. Oh, so Something th- has to happen in between this. This movie was two hours long. two Almost three hours long. No, no, no. Here's what you're missing. They introduce the female scientist who's a female scientist and we find out she's descended of Merlin and that's why she's important. Okay. And um, every time she does anything, a female relative gets on her case about how she doesn't have a man. And she's also... 100%. She's also kidnapped by an Autobot and she's like, I hope it's one of the famous ones and stupid. Um... Anthony Hopkins is introduced, and he's clearly, like, the keeper of the secrets. Like, he's the guy behind this creepy, shadowy organization of Merlin. I keep wanting to call it the Order of Merlin, but again, that's Harry Potter. And I I had something else that happened. Oh, the Suicide Squad montage. Oh, yeah, they, they try to make a Suicide Squad of evil Decepticons, which is a funny sequence. But doesn't fit. What did they do? I I think they got dispatched pretty quickly. Yeah, like, I remember they going out and then, like, getting killed. But, like, that whole ten-minute scene could have gone and no one would have noticed. Like, I don't even remember who... Like, they mentioned... Mohawk might have been one of them? Yeah, they mentioned specifically that Starscream is dead. And then that's about, like... That's really about it. Like... So there's that weird Suicide Squad montage, and then we set up, like, Marky Mark goes to England to go meet with Anthony Hopkins and generic, quasi-capable female lead. Mm-hmm. And they realize that uh, there's going to be an important event when something happens, and the last night has to... And the movie clearly wants you to think the last night is Optimus Prime. Oh, they don't want... I thought it was very clear that it was Marky Mark. I thought it was really clear that they wanted you to... Th- like, I think it was clear that it was Marky Mark. But it's clear the movie wanted you to think it was Optimus Prime. Oh, okay. So, like, Optimus Prime... And, like, some intercut scenes of Optimus Prime getting brainwashed. And a couple of, meanwhile, back at the compound scenes with Marky Mark's uh, assistant. The guy he hires off Craigslist, despite the fact that he's, like, off the grid. He hires a guy off Craigslist. And Scrappy Mechanic Child. And the Dinobots, which, like... They were cute. The little yeah. ba- baby Dinobots. They were adorable. Uh, it was like the only good thing. But just so we remembered those characters existed, essentially. And like, she's finding a place and she's finding a home at the compound of Marky mm-hmm. Mark. And like, Marky Mark picks up the phone and his daughter picks up and like talks to him. But he can't talk back or else they can trace the call. Which isn't how that works. Yeah. But... So she just, like, sends a rambling I love you message to her father, and then they both hang up. 
And they never, ever resolve that. Nope. Like, you never get to see them together. Like, that's what I mean about the lack of satisfying emotional arc is... At the end of that movie, we needed to see, like, a new normal. Well, I don't think the woman that he talks to, the woman whose voice you hear on the phone, is the same actress. No, because, why would they hire her again? No, if they no, have because to? I don't think a woman will do more than one film with, uh, what the hell is the director's name? Michael Bay? Michael Bay. Because Megan Fox hates him. I mean, she came back to do Ninja Turtles. That is true. They had a big public fight, but, like, they made up. I don't think that's really it. Because, like, I think it's more of they just didn't have anything in the plot for her to do. Mm, that's true. So they just didn't want to pay the actress again. That's it's pretty... probably much cheaper to pay her for a voice-only cameo. I could be wrong about that, but I, I do believe it is a different woman. Uh, so th- they end up on a submarine so they can find this scepter. Yeah, and something something Stonehenge. And something something Sto- like literally something something Stonehenge is important. Yeah, like Yeah, cuz Anthony Hopkins is always on the phone with some guy. Some guy in Cuba who knows stuff. And like the guy from Cuba is like kind of endearing cuz he really wants to be in the order of Merlin or whatever it is. And like Anthony Hopkins inducts him over the phone and it's like kind of an almost cute moment. If we had any reason to care about the society oh, or the guy. Is that how you took it? I took it as him lying about inducting him. He's just like, yeah, you're a member. Super secret. Blah. I mean. It's, it's, it's like if I called someone and like, you're a stone cutter now. I mean, there's no stakes. So. Yeah. yeah who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> but they end up on the submarine. Because <laughs> this is like the next scene I remember is this woman struggling to talk to Marky Mark because his shirt's off. He's not, like... It's Marky Mark! And it's, like, it's 2017 Marky Mark. Yeah! Like, it's not, like, There's early no 90s Funky Bunch. Funky bunch. <laughs> it's not early 90s Funky Bunch Marky Mark. It's 2017 Daddy's Home Marky yeah. Mark. I don't feel it, feel it. No, I, it's just... Ugh. And I'm sure she's like. It just. She turns into Kiff from Futurama. And I'm sure, like, I'm gonna look it up because it's gonna bother me, but I'm sure the actress is like 15 years younger than he is. Oh, yeah. I'm sure of it. But uh, Anthony Hopkins dies. I don't. I did not remember that. Oh, he, like, lays down and dies. Oh. For no real reason. Um, oh my god. Well, in the summary. (laughs) <laughs> they they find they get out and they find the scepter and then the anti-robot FBI is there and then evil Optimus Prime shows up and they gotta unbrainwash him and then they all get out and they have the scepter and Optimus Prime is no longer brainwashed they're all together no he almost kills Bumblebee almost and that's what Bumblebee. fixes the brainwashing he almost kills Bumblebee and then Bumblebee finds his voice yeah finds his will to talk I would lay my life down for you. It's like, Bumblebee, I haven't heard your voice in a long time. Which means the real Bumblebee's voice was there the whole time. Yes. So all that stuff happens. And there are still 50 minutes left in the movie. And I was like, how is that not the end of this movie? Marky Mark character's name is Cade Yeager. That's a <laughs> fake. Like, that's such a fake name. Because, and I don't know what happens for the next 50 minutes. They go to... There's a helicopter, and they fight something. And the little girl's there again for no reason. (laughs) Yes, for no reason. 
Uh, the actress who played Vivian, because that's the scientist's name, is 14 years younger than Marky Mark. Thank you, Hollywood sexism. Because I remember just at that point being like, this movie can't still be on. Mm. And I remember thinking, like, maybe the credits are just really long. That's why there's 50 minutes left. Oh, my God. And, like, to make that scene, like, to make the movie have a satisfying arc, they could have had a two-minute sequence back at the junkyard that Marky Mark lived in of, like, him, the scientist, and the little girl, like, having breakfast. And, like... The phone ringing, Marky Mark picking it up and hit being his daughter. And they can talk again. Like, they set up, like, what would you say to your daughter if you could talk back? Mm. And he says what he would say, but he never gets a chance never to say it. it. And I feel like it it's one of the things that makes the movie go from dumb to actively bad. Because, like, I know it's a dumb robot fighting movie. I know it's not there well, to... There's enough of those, though. It's not like... Again, it's not High Shakespeare. It's not even Baywatch. But it it's not a well-done movie. Like, I, I teach the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And the last step of the hero's journey is the new normal. Is, like, you're kind of supposed to see... Like, I know we all love to crap on the epilogue from... I love Harry Potter, guys. Um, we love to crap on the epilogue for Harry Potter, but that's... The end of the hero's journey. It's the new normal. We see what his life is like after these horrible things have happened and after he has grown and become the hero. Mm-hmm. I will say, there is one emotional arc we see, and that's the Nacho Fries guy. <laughs> he does befriend Marky Mark and decide he's going to leave the anti-robot FBI and I think solve the murder of Biggie and Tupac. I, I actually think they stop being anti-robots because... Optimus Prime and Bumblebee save them, and then, like, things are cool now, I guess. <laughs> save that one guy. We can, we can get rid of this whole division. It's so, so... I, here's how bad this movie is. Does Megatron die? I don't remember Megatron in the film. I mean, he has that terrible Suicide Squad montage. Right? <laughs> but, like, I don't remember what he had to do with anything. No! Like, the movie is just... Like, wow, it's bad. Yeah. And it's three hours of bad. And, like, these movies have, like, a 90-minute shelf life. These movies aren't... Blockbusters were never meant to be three hours long. Like, they don't have the amount of story to do that. I... I, There's no shame in a 90-minute movie, guys. Yeah. I have shit to do. There's no shame in just making a movie... With a thin plot so that robots can fight. What there is shame is trying to make a movie with a ridiculous plot with way too many elements mm-hmm. that attempts to be deep to justify fighting robots. They're robots. They fight. Whatever. Go. I mean, Pacific Rim sets up fighting robots with like, hey, there are monsters in the world, in the earth. Cuz. And they set up it like this is how the world is. Also, we made giant robots to fight them. And the whole audience is like, alright. Yeah, I mean, obviously, since we we matched on all five, we are drift compatible. Yay! So, if you want to watch Transformers, just go watch Pacific Rim. Uh, If you want to watch The Mummy, go watch the Brendan Fraser one. Uh, 
Yes. If you want to watch the Emoji Movie, watch any Disney film. Or the Lego Movie. That's like yeah. almost the same thing, but just better. If you want to watch Fifty Shades Darker, get drunk and bring your friends over. And if you want to watch Baywatch, go watch Baywatch. Maybe watch 21 Jump Street instead, but I would still say... No, watch Baywatch. Baywatch is fine. Baywatch is fine. Don't pay money for any of these films. Like, I know at least a few... Or just Redbox. We did Redbox for a few of these because I I don't like to steal movies. I can say that on mic because I don't like to do it. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to support art, and I'm using the term so very loosely. Um, but I, I did want to support these movies I was getting some level of joy out of, which means I'm real mad that I spent $1.50 on Transformers. Yeah. Because I received no joy from that movie. So, we gotta get out of here, we gotta wrap up. Yep, uh, yep. So, final thoughts here. Uh, how did this batch compare to previous batches? You know, what is the worst movie of all time out of the things we've seen? I think the worst movie... The worst movie I've watched for these is a toss-up between Last Night and Dirty Grandpa. Dirty Grandpa was just yeah, I think so Dirty offensive. Grandpa is still the worst one we've seen. Yeah, Dirty Grandpa, not Bad Grandpa. Bad Grandpa is Johnny Knoxville. That's pretty good, actually. Uh, Dirty Grandpa is just almost unwatchable, and I, I think they're going to start calling one of the Razzie nominations like the Zac Efron Award, because he does seem to be in all of these movies. Yeah. Yeah, he's... But last year, I I do appreciate that they stopped putting in a documentary. Mm -hmm. Because they have these, like, preachy movies or these documentaries that all they were really doing was drawing more attention to these bad films. Uh, I I might go as far as to say that the Emoji Movie is the best movie to have won Worst Picture. Uh... And out of the ones that have won Worst Picture that I've seen uh, are that Hillary Clinton documentary, which is not a movie. No. Saving Christmas, which is not a movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Movie 43, which I thought it's exactly what it said it was going to be. Yeah. And uh, Battlefield Earth, which I watched when when it came out before I knew what the Razzies were, and I enjoyed yeah, I, I I think last year's crop was more... Me- like, the last couple years have been less enjoyable overall. But nothing has been as punishing as the last night. Like, the last yeah. night was bad, and it was long. So long. And had very little redeemable moments. Like, very few moments that I found made the three-hour runtime worth it. Like, most of the other movies have at least... One or two scenes that I enjoyed. Like, I thought Aminette's backstory in The Mummy was pretty cool. And I think maybe we should have just gotten her movie first. Yeah, I agree. And uh, predictions for when we do this next year. What do you think we're watching? Y'all, we're going to have to watch Fifty Shades Freed. Fifty Shades Um, Freed, 100%. It's really early in the year. We haven't seen a lot coming out yet. There's a new Grinch emoji movie, or Grinch emoji, yeah, same thing. Uh, there's a new Grinch animated movie that I'm pretty sure is going to be- unaware of that. I'm pretty sure it's going to be well nigh unwatchable. Oh, no, you know what we're going to have to watch? That Peter Rabbit. Peter Rabbit was what I was going to say. That Peter Rabbit looks 
horrific. And parents got really mad about yeah, that one. Yeah, about the allergy thing. So I'm sure we'll be watching that one. If it's poorly received, I think there's a non-zero chance we might have to watch Ready Player One. But we're going to yeah. go see that in theaters. Yeah, I'm super excited to see it. I but like, fine. that's a whole another rant about how the marketing for that has made, has done the movie a really big disservice. I also think there is a chance, not a, not a big one, but a, a chance we'll be sitting here talking about Jurassic World in a year. God, I that I I love Jurassic. Jurassic Park is my all-time favorite movie. And I liked Jurassic World. I wrote I really an, liked it too. I wrote an entire thousand-word essay defending Claire. And we watched the trailer for Jurassic World 2 in the theater before I want to say Star Wars. And I looked at you and went, this is going to be horrible. Yeah. We're looks- going to see it twice. It looks it looks real bad. It looks awful, but I'm like kind of excited about it. And if the internet is to be believed, maybe Solo, because Solo had all those rewrites. Oh my god! Did you? But I have faith. I still have faith in Solo. Oh my god! I watched the. They've like found out the marketing. Like the posters were ripped off of a series of best of compilations, like of jazz and. I can't remember the other ones. I remember the jazz one because it looks directly ripped off. Oh, good. <laughs> I, I'm i a big nerd about movie marketing and, like, the business yeah. behind movies. It's just a thing I find fascinating. Like, every January they do the International Movie Poster Awards and it's, like, my Christmas. Like, I love this kind of nerd stuff. And, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff with Solo has been fascinating. The fact that it comes out in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes out in May and they moved Infinity War up. Yes. A week. And I think it's to give Solo a little space so that it isn't still people seeing Infinity War for the first or second or third time mm-hmm. instead of seeing Solo. Yes. Also, Rampage was going to move, was going to be April 27th, and they've also moved up two weeks. Oh. They're going to open on Friday, April 13th. That movie will be fine. Because they uh, were afraid of Infinity War. And you don't want to, you don't want to be another big, loud action movie and open against Infinity War. Yeah. Also, they didn't want to compete with Zen Kai Khan. I mean... <laughs> Ram- we, we will be appearing at Zen Kai Khan on May 4th through the 6th. Yes. Um, yeah, we're going to be appearing at John Khan and Zen Kai Khan. And uh, we're going to be appearing at Castle Point Anime Khan. That was just oh, yeah, confirmed. that was confirmed. I didn't, yeah, I didn't that was just confirmed. We'll be there on May 20th. And only May 20th, unfortunately, because of existing commitments. Yes, and we'll be there also with Cosplay Pro Wrestling. It'll be an afternoon of friendly competition. So be sure to check us out for that. Also, be sure to give us five stars on iTunes, five stars on Stitcher, vote for us on podcastland.com. Make us the podcast of the month. You can also listen to us on Spotify, on Wildfire Radio. You can also subscribe to the... uh, What's the one I say here? YouTube. 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 Like, comment, and subscribe here on YouTube. And uh, also, we're usually live on Twitch. We're not tonight. Uh, on Thursdays, uh, plus two comedy there on Twitch as well. Thank you to Net Neutrality for making the show possible. And thank you to this snowstorm for canceling the live show and giving us this opportunity to do a special Razzie's wrap-up for you. This is the Plus Two Comedy Podcast. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.